Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. It's like a week and a half, and then it's Christmas Eve. It's basically Christmas now. It's and... basically Christmas. I'm not ready. No. I'm kind of ready. You're but, never ready. No, no, no. And the podcast is ready. We were discussing that. We were like, okay, we're good. It'll be like 21st, 28th. Like, yeah, I don't we think we time. have to do anything like double up or do anything fancy because the holiday falls on a weekend. And... Yeah. Are we closed the 24th? Or... No, we're closed Christmas and Boxing Day. Boxing Day, that's it. Last year was the first year that we were open on Christmas Eve. Yeah. So we're going to do that again. And just kind of scheduling worked out better that way, too, because everybody was busy on <laughs> Boxing Day. Yeah, and I think you were saying, like, in theory, you could have come in or something, but there wasn't enough people or something like that. Or Yeah, and so know. this works out fine, then everyone's good for the rest, and for we're opening on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and so we're not doing kids' matinees this year for the first time in a while, mm. and the harsh reality is just that kids aren't coming to the Mayfair and there was nothing really cool available. Yeah. So I think that just made us go, well, we could show grown-up movies and do better. Maybe by the time March break rolls around, we'll be able to do a kids matinee week. Yeah, kids aren't driving enough these days, so they can't really make it out here on their own. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got to bring those pesky parents. We had a rental in. I keep on saying a bike rental, which makes it sound like we had some live event with BMX stunts or whatever i pictured the old time bikes you know because we're like an old time theater kind of so they had the like penny farthings or whatever the big wheel (laughs) yeah that's the best kind but i just bring it up because they had 220 people wow so that is our new record for the i was gonna say after times but the still kind of not quite out of it times which is a bit of a cheat because they kind of did the work i guess yeah like so it's not like which i like you know yeah that was perfect for us but yeah because we had 200 for multiple shows of Rocky Horror, and we broke 100 for some of the other Halloween stuff, like The Shining. And we've just announced that we're doing the Oscars on mm-hmm. March 27th. So traditionally, that is a sellout, turn people away at the door event. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Three months seems like a thousand months. Yeah, that's so many mutations away. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> we could all be back living in bunkers by then. We'll be X-Men by then. Oh, yeah. That's how it works. (laughs) Or the radioactive spider gets you, you know, and you're like, no, this isn't what I wanted. I keep trying so hard (laughs) to get bitten by a spider. It's not good. I I think actually you die from that. I don't think it's like the (laughs) the Peter Parker thing, but we'll find out. Stupid Marvel, you lied to me. We'll try. We'll get Andrew to get bit first. And then we'll be the test. I was supposed to be going to a lovely free lunch today. Oh, yeah. But poor Lee, his furnace died. Yeah, on December, whatever, mid-December, we'll call it. Yeah, and it's a little bit better because global warming is hit, so it's above zero right now. That's not better, though. That's <laughs> no, no. Like, it's better in a worse way. People keep making that joke, and I'm like, ugh. Yeah. When we lose Newfoundland and Victoria, then we're going to be like, oh, yeah, this isn't funny anymore. And that's important to you because, you know, you have people you care about up there and comic yeah. shops and such. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, so... We were to have a lunch with our friends from the church who rent out the cinema every Sunday, which is a great rental for us, but Lee had to postpone, so we're going to do that later, so that blew my chance at a free vegan works burger today. Oh, man. I didn't even know it was the works, too. It was. That was my... It was just going to be communion wafers or something. No, You're no. Like, it yes. wasn't like going to a church and like getting blessed or anything. The boss of the church asked what was a good place for me to go. Very nice guy. Mm. And I gave a couple options, but I said, well, for nice and central, the works works for me and i only know that because a few weeks ago gwen's aunt and cousin were in town and we went there 
and I'm not picky, and they have one thing on the menu, and you could make choices. That's too much work for me. Yeah, I don't like lot. making a decision like that. <laughs> so they have a fancy Beyond Meat vegan burger now, and I'm mm. like, done. Interesting. Yeah, it must be really good. And it's it's still probably huge, I'm assuming. Like, their burger's usually... Way too big. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't <laughs> even do it. And plus, like... Yeah, that location's like not really that far from your place either, assuming yes. it's the same one. So it's like, you know, for personal reasons, that's really great for yeah, you. Yeah, I had the ulterior motive of like, it's right beside my house. Yeah, you're like, I walk and bike most places, so maybe this place. Here are some options. Uh, I'm going to push for this one. <laughs> yeah, that is, I am very guilty of that. Here are places near to me. Yeah, you're like, well, you're not, it's not like you're going to be going to Orleans to make it easy God, for no. Lee. Like, you're like, come on, that's not easy for anyone else. And we couldn't even do that because it was one of those things where the repair person coming to Lee's house was coming in between noon and two o'clock kind of thing so okay they're probably going to get there at 158 as the rule of the universe works for such things but yeah. i don't think it was a disaster i don't think there was you know an explosion or anything mm-hmm. i don't think his collection got ruined he's down there like asking chewy to pass down the wrench and stuff like <laughs> yeah that. that's sad but i mean i guess like lunches can be moved you know it's yeah. not the end of the world but you were probably really looking forward oh to that i was looking forward i didn't eat breakfast i yeah. was like ready to eat that burger yeah. you're quick to anger now like, <laughs> yeah we gotta be careful christmas is ruined oh god yeah well i feel that bad for you but uh, uh still a little I, I feel worse for lee i guess but the big news the last couple of days for Eric and I, and the world, mm-hmm. is news is starting to drop about Nick Cage's new movie. Yes, so which he plays Nick Cage, so... To fulfill the uh, anger of your friend who gets mad at us every time we talk about Nick Cage, I wanted to bring it up. But nobody has asked yet, and that's my favorite, is the first person to ask, are you going to get this movie? Yeah. And I just feel like, how dare you ask us that? Especially because this one has Neil Patrick Harris and Pedro Pascal, which I'm pretending I remember the name and then yeah. we didn't look it up right <laughs> before this podcast, but it has Tiffany Haddish, you know, like it's got legit people in it. So, so if you wanted an extra reason for Lee to book this movie, mm-hmm. it's put the Mandalorian in it. Yeah. So now we're double down on this movie is going to be an Ottawa premiere in four months or yeah. whenever it comes out and neil patrick harris is like he's got matrix four dropping in like two weeks and yeah. then he's got this three months later you know so i mean he's he's doing well but this is funny because it's like this is the trailer like legit dropped as i was getting here like yeah. uh, like <laughs> half an hour ago the trailer dropped talking a bit about it up to this point i had some stills that came out and whatnot but i guess they're really going hardcore now it's like april 22nd there's still time. But the point is, yeah, now that the trailer drive, I feel like that's kind of what, that's the first domino. So you'll see people start to ask next week. We should get cocky and just leave the trailer in rotation for the next four months. Just constantly. Just like, have it up there on a loop. Man, and it looks so good. Like, I, I'm so biased, but like, just even beyond that, like, it looks really funny. So I think this is going to be like, well, I mean, Pig was huge for getting his name back out there. Yeah. And there he has been getting some Best Actor nominations. Probably an Oscar nomination. I'm going to say it. I'm just saying it. He's probably going to get an Oscar nomination. Better. I don't believe it, but I'm saying it. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think this is good. like every year. Next year will be the year of the cage. <laughs> every year is the year of the cage. And next year we have the promise of him doing the five bad cameos in a movie to pay for that Jim Lee art that he bought. Yeah. And he's got, I think, at least two Westerns next year. Cool. Like, so I don't, I mean, I'm not the biggest Western guy. I mean, we've sort of talked about it before a little bit, but like, cage in a west i mean like i have to and plus he's he kind of looks like a western guy like i could see him as a cowboy oh, yeah. type or a bad guy you know what he could do it all and i still haven't heard if he's in the new spider-verse movie hmm he it, should be maybe he's in the new spider-man movie even like we don't know oh my god that would be so cool yeah like it's start, it's starting to get reviews coming out today they haven't mentioned cage in the reviews but maybe that's you know god, post-credits. I, 
I love Spider-Man, and I'm going to spend the next few days just in a cone of silence. Oh, yeah. Because people are jerks. I don't know exactly when I'm going to get to see it. I'm going to see it soon. Mm-hmm. I always hate to talk about going to see movies elsewhere, but yeah. it only happens a couple times a year. But this movie seemingly has the potential for a couple dozen spoilers on top of spoilers. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, though, because like, I mean, I saw Ghostbusters a few weeks ago, and right now, even if I hadn't seen it, I haven't hit any spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. The advanced sales for it are leading towards everyone saying this will be a billion-dollar movie, yeah, which is promising just for the world mm-hmm. of getting out there and people doing things. And my biggest pet peeve nowadays, and it's funny, I'm like a reverse old man on this because I'm getting mad at old people complaining about this, but I just listened to a podcast, and it's a good podcast, but they were talking with... Steven Sonnenberg, who I really like, but the topic came up, of course, about the death of cinema, whether that be because of COVID and HBO Max and all this stuff. And the host, everybody was really down and really negative. And that makes me angry because I'm like, well, how about instead of doing that, give shout outs to all the existing cinemas, Mm. like pick a cinema and be like, hey, this great theater in Seattle, this great theater in Vancouver, this great (laughs) theater in Ottawa. Yeah. (laughs) But I know they're out there. Yeah. I know we still exist. And the thing they always whine about is they couldn't make a movie like fill in the blank nowadays. Right. There's not actors like fill in the blank nowadays. Mm-hmm. And they're wrong on both counts. Yeah, for because sure. Because there's really great non-chiseled looks leading man actors mm-hmm. and actresses. There's little indie movies. There's weird stuff. There's genre stuff. And they seem to forget that back in the day, whether that day be the 70s or the 60s or the 50s, there was big tentpole Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. There was Planet of the Apes and there was Earthquake. And Ben-Hur. And Ben-Hur, yeah, Cleopatra. And there was goofy stuff like Abbott and Costello. It drives me nuts that people think there's nothing good nowadays. <laughs> It's sad. Yeah, I mean, we always say there's too much content. And with that, of course, you're going to get a ton of mid stuff that is just not great, not bad, you know, and it, and yeah. that's and especially on, on like streaming services and stuff. I think, you know, you just they kind of feel at least that they need that just to have stuff. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, like there's still tons of stuff. And the one thing I think of is like when you think about the horror genre in particular, like the stuff that they're even able to do or to think of and to create nowadays, you could literally you would not be allowed to make in the 50s, 60s, you know? Oh, yeah. And like and especially before, like everything we talked about before is, you know, if, if someone if there was like a time travel machine and someone in the 30s watched Texas Chainsaw <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And that's just 74. You know, you could even imagine like watching. I don't know, Human Centipede 2 or something like that. Like, just genuinely depraved stuff. Or you go on the other side of the coin of real great highbrow cinema and imagine a movie like Blue is the Warmest Color, Mm -hmm. which I love, a great lesbian romance story. You couldn't have that in the 1950s. No. It's this old man thing. It's the thing of the good old days, which weren't really that good. Of course, there was great stuff, but Gwen and I watched this movie on our Christmas run the other night thanks to the Ottawa Public Library app, Canopy. If you're going to watch a movie at home, Canopy is a good place to find some cool things. But we watched one called The Holly and the Ivy. And it's just an old black and white Christmas movie that I never heard of. The cool thing is the actor who played the first Doctor Who was in it. Weird. Just in a little supporting part. (laughs) It wasn't a bad movie, but by far not a classic. Yeah. Not a five-star masterpiece. (laughs) And it was good, but people think (laughs) 
pre-1960 equals everything is a classic. Mm -hmm. And it's just not true. And so then today, when everything isn't a classic, people lose their minds and are like, it's the end of the world. I'm like, no, it's not like everything was good pre-1970. Yeah, and even now, classics, or like reassessed classics weren't classics then either. So it's like, it's a wonderful life or whatever, you know? Like, that wasn't a classic when it came out. No, that's the best example of something that, although it had recognition of some Academy Award nominations Mm -hmm. and stuff, it took decades for that movie to hit. And then it's funny, and I say this as a cinema owner, but people who stick their nose up at movies on TV, the only reason that movie is still around is because it caught on TV. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason it's back on the big screen is because people watch it on TV for years. Yeah, and you almost think that the Oscar nominations were just throwing a bone because of Capra and Stewart being involved. Probably, so, you know, yeah. people are like, people, oh, they love those guys. So it's like, ah, yeah, here you go. You know, like kind of like when the, there's, I don't know, like a Star Wars thing comes out or whatever. And you're like, ah, here's your visual effects and your costumes awards, even if yeah. the movie wasn't well, great. Well, that happens today. There's countless examples in the past 20 years of the best picture winner or nominees made no money. Mm-hmm. No money. And I think it was... I don't want to kick the movie because it's a good movie, but I think it was The Hurt Locker yeah. was the biggest flop of a movie versus the most awards recognition. Nobody saw that movie, but it won a bunch of awards. Then versus something like Black Panther, which got an Oscar nomination and made all the money. Yeah, But I really get riled up when old timers are like, oh, they can't make movies like they did in the good old days. Yeah, And I'm like, yeah, because we have sadly passed away, but... Philip Seymour Hoffman was around for a long time mm-hmm. making cool movies and he doesn't look like George Clooney, you no. know, like so there's always that thing and it, it just, and now we have our Tilda Swinton's. We have, yeah. we have all kinds of examples of people slightly off the beaten path. Jesse Plemons is a Jesse great Plemons, one. Jesse yeah. Plemons, yeah. Like yeah, he's just incredible, you know, but then, and, and you know, for every Plemons you have a Chalamet, so you still have your like, yeah, typically attractive, you know, whatever, but like still incredible you don't want to compare eras of acting or whatever but just there really are younger actors these days who are you know siphoning elements of all of the past as well as kind of doing their own thing so it's not like they're forgetting the past or they're not quote-unquote acting the same way or or something like that well my favorite recently i have to read an article about it because i'm guilty of only having read a couple blurbs but paul thomas anderson who i really really like i think i've liked all of his movies Mm mm-hmm he came out recently and I guess was quoted as saying he really liked Venom 2. <laughs> so I love that because it made all the highbrow cinema people who are going out of their way to say, oh, there's a difference between the word movie and the word film and all, all that kind of horrible <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, aha, one of your cornerstone kings just said he liked a bad Marvel movie. Yeah. So there. <laughs> and, and I enjoyed Venom 2 also. I mean, it's it was what it was. Like, it's yeah. never going to be the movie you had in your head as a kid when you were reading Maximum Carnage or whatever. But right, right. At the same time, you know, for something that basically has to be PG-13 and, you know, like, it's just, they're taking it seriously. Like, the actors in those movies, like, they're, oh, they're yeah. buying into that and just, you know, they're having fun, but they're not, it's not a joke to them, you know? And the actors in these big movies, and again, it's nothing new because you look back in the day and actors would kind of flip back and forth. They would do some real mainstream Hollywood movie, then do something smaller, and that's nothing new. But you look at the level of talent in these Marvel movies or these Star Wars movies the past few years, it's all crazy talented folks. You can't tell me that it's not cool that Laura Dern did a Star Wars movie and that diminishes her as an actress somehow mm-hmm. with purple hair no less yeah like <laughs> it almost reminds me of when i was in high school and there was these dumb lines in the sand where people were like 
you can't like Nirvana and Weezer or you can't like Beastie Boys and Metallica. This dumb picking sides, this dumb feuding. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you can like mainstream Hollywood and the weird little art house stuff. Yeah. And just, but it seems right now, especially people are going out of their way to real try to pick fights about that. So yeah, it bothers me a lot. Yeah. You know, hopefully that'll all change in 2022. It's all going to change. Yeah. Just a couple more weeks of this and then it's all going to be great. Especially when they say there's nothing good that's original. I was thinking just off the top of my head, and this is stuff that was just at the Mayfair the past couple months, passing card counter, Spencer, come on, come on. We got Benedetta right now, last night in Soho, all this stuff. You're telling me that's not caliber stuff? I mean, I haven't seen it, but even French Dispatch, I'm assuming, is going to be like very much, you know, yeah, like it might be like his other movies in the way that it's made, but it's still, it's not like, I don't even fully know what it's about, but I picture it being kind of like The Post, but Wes Anderson. I think that might be kind of what it's about. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. So like, I'm already looking forward to that, you know, but, but some person who does remember independent cinema, Edgar Wright. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Noticed your tweet. I was very impressed with that. I know, and it happened really fast. And I think that Edgar isn't somebody who has his production assistant doing his tweets. No. And so, yeah, I just, I got Gwen to do it. Gwen took a really nice picture, and it happened to be this nice wintry night. Mm-hmm. Last night in Soho was on our marquee, and I made a tweet saying, I know Edgar collects marquees, so here's a picture of our marquee in Ottawa during a nice little winter wonderland. And he retweeted it. And it's funny to see the power of a positive tweet because I looked at it at one point, and I'm like, why does this have a hundred? Oh, Edgar did it. Yeah. Like, and so it's like people from all over the world who like Edgar were giving little thumbs up to our tweet with our picture in it. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was a great photo. Like, it just looked nice either way, even if he hadn't. But then I, I just, yeah. I, stuff like that, I'm always <laughs> curious. Like, I check the retweets or the likes or whatever because I'm like, you know, when someone like that is tagged, you don't really expect them to notice it. Yeah. But, you know, deep down, you're like, oh, come on. And like, he would love this place. Like, this is like oh, right sure. up his alley. So. I think just the fact that, and especially for a movie that sat on the shelf for over a year, that this is exactly the type of place he was clamoring to get it playing in. So, I mean, to have that piece of normalcy amid all of this madness, like, it's so cool. It's such a big screen movie. It's always, we're kind of guilty of talking about movies after they've come and gone because <laughs> we see them and then we do a podcast the yeah. next week. But the scene in that movie where she walks out on 1965, mm. whatever year it is, and there's the big Thunderball marquee yeah, and yeah. the cars and the music. And, oh, it's so cool. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, that movie, within a few minutes, I was just transfixed. And it was just, oh, my God, it's everything he does well. And you could just see the love going into a movie like that. And just, you know, all the things that he loves about film and art and history and whatnot, you know. Is and just the two ladies in. in the lead were so good. And I got to watch the Blu-ray behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Because there's that big dance number where it's kind of blurring back and forth between her reality, Mm -hmm. her illusion. I think a lot of that was in-camera effects. Yeah. And it was done so well. It was real old-school movie magic. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, yeah. it was so good. And definitely, yeah. I didn't know what I was expecting, but yeah, like there was definitely, definitely even like horror elements to it, and which I didn't really expect, but not like... Kind of a horror film and kind of had those like giallo elements. For sure, yeah. But it was also just kind of a a very feminist central character and you felt that of like it's a horrible joke to make but it's like and now we're all cured and everything's well in the oh no wait yeah the world's still horrible but the feeling of just in the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. where she's in the cab 
and it starts nice, and then the cab driver... Yeah, it gets creepy. Like, and you just feel it. Oh, it for was, sure. Oh, so well done. Yeah, and especially after, you know, her mother or whoever it was was like, you know, watch out, you know, like, not yeah. everyone's nice kind of thing, and then that happens. Yeah. But it's also like a coming-of-age story, and a thriller, and a horror, and a comedy in parts, you know, and yeah. like... But it's not playing anymore, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but... What is playing? What is playing? <laughs> what a segue. This is amazing. So, the week of Friday, December 17th, Leading up to our Christmas break, we have the return of Spencer for a few more screenings Ooh. by popular demand. Man, that's that's one of our first returns in a while, it feels yeah. like. Yeah, so this is one I can comment on. Really impressive movie. Really liked it a lot. It's one of those things where it's a true story in quotes. Mm-hmm. We weren't there. We weren't in the room. But it has the broad strokes, at least, of a true story of this poor woman stuck in this horrible royal situation the mental issue she's having and the family issue she's having and you just feel for her yeah very well done from the same director who did the jackie movie a couple years ago so now he has to kind of complete his trilogy and get another strong central female character going through a horrible time movie i don't know who (laughs) there's a lot to choose from. yeah 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 and then as mentioned the french dispatch is Mm. playing this week torn from the grasp of the Disney vault. <laughs> Man, I thought you were going to say torn from the headlines of whatever. I'm like, yeah, because yeah, they're writing headlines. That's good. So yeah, we almost didn't get this movie because of Disney vault rules, but we're very happy that we can squeeze it in leading up to Christmas. It seems like a Christmassy type, well, not Christmas movie, but like it seems like a nice late December theater movie for some reason. I don't know how, I can't quantify that with anything, but it just yeah, feels Yeah, and kind like... of like Wes Anderson has that vibe of not a family film but Mm -hmm. a film you can bring the family to yeah a lot of great actors of various generations you got your bill murray's you got your timothy chalamet's Mm -hmm. that comic book style everything's very flat and very production designed people who don't like wes anderson that's what they don't like about him i love it i love i love that look i love how everything is perfect every Mm -hmm. every placement of a lamp and a phone you know has been thought through there's so much to unpack in like in each scene that's the thing like you could rewatch these things and pick out a different thing each time yeah and anybody who gets bill murray to come back for every single movie i think that's a big compliment because bill's hard to track down (laughs) yeah no and he doesn't i mean yeah just ask uh, the the ghostbusters types how hard (laughs) it is to get him to be in a movie so yeah so french dispatch is coming and i think we're going to be holding it over the week during slash after christmas Mm. as well nice little gifts early there and then speaking of mr murray for the holidays we are bringing back scrooged Mm. which we haven't screened in a few years i really love this movie a lot yeah, it's, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, actually. The only thing I remember from it is literally the poster, and that's yeah. about it. Well, Christmas Carol is my favorite book, and I really love many of the incarnations of it, whether it be the Patrick Stewart TV movie, mm-hmm. or The Muppets, or Scrooged. I just really love that story. This, I think, is done really well. Like Despite being the gimmick of making it modern times and the 80s, the actors are really great. It's loyal to the source material shoving it into the tv world yeah carol kane is amazing Mm -hmm. and yeah so and it's just one of those movies that's fun to have the excuse to put back on screen yeah and a lot of people like the alicia sims version but it does not have bill murray in it so i mean (laughs) could you really win with that one and i remember and you're a little younger than me so you were probably even more scared but (laughs) that first ghost who shows up yeah the big skeletal ghost I remember being terrified of that ghost. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, and I was probably even scared of Goofy as Jacob Marley or whatever, you know, at the... Yeah. <laughs> that one, you know, but uh, y- you grow up. 
So that's one of our Christmas offerings this week. The other one is It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, man, we talked about that too. We talked about everything. This is great. We've been prefacing this whole thing. It's a Wonderful Life is amazing. I also use it as something to point at anytime people get mad about Die Hard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, It's a Wonderful Life isn't a 100% Christmas movie either. Yeah. In fact, I would argue that Die Hard is almost more of a Christmas movie than It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, it's because it's black and white. It feels more Christmassy because of snow, you know? Yeah. So you're just like, yeah, I guess this the whole thing is set at Christmas. But there's like a giant chunk of the movie that is not Christmas. Yeah, basically it's the last five minutes is Christmas and, I don't know, some other parts. Yeah, kind of like in the crux of like an angel and yeah. that sort of thing in the ending. But it's still a great movie. Oh, yeah. I will cry every single time I watch it. I love it that every year people point out... When he's running down the street and he's like, ah, movie house. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Hopefully people still do this, but I I had like a Facebook memory from a few years ago that was, there's nothing like the feeling of a standing ovation after It's Wonderful Life in an old cinema. Like there's just something about that movie in particular, but just an old time movie playing here and clapping. I don't know. Like people just, they don't really clap for movies anymore. Yeah. Festive kind of movies for sure. Mm -hmm. I think people are in the right mood around the holiday season and it's its 75th anniversary, wow. which means the Mayfair is older than it still. <laughs> yeah. But you just can't help but imagine 75 years ago, it played at the Mayfair and that legacy and the families and the community. So when people are coming to see a movie like that, which of course they can watch at home, they either own it on VHS or DVD mm-hmm. or it's on old timey TV or streaming services or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when they make that effort to come out and see a movie, that's really special especially when it's something like this mm. that they've seen 20 times already. I have the VHS that has the like hologram thing. Like oh. it, it's literally just like an insert. It's not even attached or whatever. You can just pull it out and like, it's right. like the poster or whatever. And I, I don't even remember where I got it from, but it's just hilarious the lengths they've gone to to resell this movie over the years. You get it when it's like, okay, this, it's the first time on Blu-ray or whatever, or it's a new transfer or stuff like that. But you're like, oh, it's got a new hat. You know, it's basically yeah. just putting in whatever. So you have a, Slightly modern, 1980s, but you have Scrooged and then a true classic, It's a Wonderful Life, this week for Christmas. And then we have kind of the strangely titled The Outsiders, The Complete Novel. Hmm. It's another Coppola re-release, which he's been doing a few times in the last couple years with, God, not even a couple years, but with Apocalypse Now and yeah. Godfather 3 and now The Outsiders. I have never seen The Outsiders, so I'm kind of excited to get to see this one. Yeah. They call it the complete novel is because making movies is really hard no matter who you are. And even though he was Coppola Mm -hmm. by the time he directed The Outsiders, the powers that be, the studio, really slimmed the movie down to 90 minutes. So this current edition isn't super long. I think it's just a little over two hours. But it just puts in a lot of extra stuff. It puts in an extra half an hour that was filmed and never seen that many fans of the book over the years have been like, hey, where's this part? Where's Mm -hmm. this character? And the other thing, which I think is kind of interesting, is he wanted it to be more like American Graffiti, like his friend George Lucas's movie. Instead, they went with a traditional score all the way through. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if at the time they were like, no, that's too expensive to get all the music rights. So now, I don't know how many songs, but they put in a whole bunch of songs of the era to make it have a bit more of that retro feel Mm -hmm. of the time. It's a famous movie, besides for being a popular film, is that there's so many people in it who went on to be big superstars or big character actors. Patrick Swayze, 
Ralph Macchio, Tom Cruise, Rob Lowe, all these young actors in this, I was going to say gangster film, but that's not right, but like yeah. a, a young gang film. Yeah, it's the thuggery, you know, minor thuggery. Hooligans. Uh, yeah, like I've never seen it either. And, and it's been interesting to see the differing opinions of people who, because some quote unquote prefer the theatrical version because that's the one they know. Right. So it's like when you put out a new version, you know, a lot of people are immediately just going to knee jerk be like, ah, it's not the one I remember. Oh, it's got songs now. Ah, you know, but it's funny, like, because you're like, well, this would have been what I would have made if I could. Or, or it's kind of like what Lucas said when he put out the special editions. Right. Which I'll, I'll trust him on that. You know, I, I'm not sure if he pre-planned every little scene that they put in yeah. those ones, but hey, I'll, I'll let it happen. And I saw the trailer for this and it looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. So purely from a restoration point of view, it looks amazing on the big screen. Yeah, just kind of fun to see babyface Patrick Swayze and Ralph Macchio and all these guys. I wonder if I should watch this version first. That's always the interesting thing, eh? Like, yeah. I'm guilty of, and I know it's a weird, maybe not a weird opinion or a, a minority opinion, but I, because it's the first thing I fell in love with, I really like the film noir narration in Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. Having seen various editions of it, I still like that one the best. And I totally understand how Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford don't like that version mm -hmm. because it was forced in yeah. by the studio in the 11th hour. And it was like Harrison Ford, Krusty the Clown style, like <laughs> blah, 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 next, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but for me, because it's the first one I saw, that's the one I like the most. So a film like Outsiders or Apocalypse Now or the Star Wars films, it's always kind of different just depending on what your first love was mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to change that yeah and it's nice to have the option too which we don't really have with the star wars ones now like i mean right. they're out there you know like other other rogue people have made cuts of the original trilogy or whatever you want to call them you know yeah but you can't technically legally purchase any of those and i'm honestly shocked that disney hasn't like it's just people will pay i'm waiting for that yeah, yeah it's just i get you know the trepidation especially now that so much has been altered that and they, they've made new art based on the altered versions of the other stuff to tie it in kind of thing so it's like i totally get it but also for a company that enjoys money you know <laughs> yeah. you'd think like give the people what they want but hey i mean it may never happen and the trend nowadays seems to be to just throw everything out there yeah because i believe my fancy blu-ray of nightbreed has the director's cut and the theatrical cut mm -hmm. and i know blade runner you can get this set that has <laughs> I think five or six editions on it. Man, it was in a suitcase for a while there. Yeah, too. yeah. It was awesome. And I have a Dawn of the Dead that has the original cut, mm -hmm. the TV cut, the European cut. That's fascinating, too, because they're totally different for them. I mean, so, some of them are similar, but the 94-minute Argento cut is nothing like the 139-minute Cannes cut, I think it's called. And most people know the 127-minute version best. That's another movie that people are... For me, I'm just like, the more the better, because that movie is just awesome. But you could kind of see the appeal of, of all those different versions. And doesn't Halloween have like a TV cut that mm -hmm. has new stuff in it? Yeah, it's like another 15, 20 minutes, I think. That's of a like, lot. Yeah, padding, basically. But right. again, it's like, it's a cool universe to be in. So it's debatable what your preference is. But I mean, usually horror movies are a little better stripped down. But again, I just like seeing as much as I can of stuff. And then there's 40-Year-Old Virgin, which I really love. And the it wasn't even called the director's cut. They had some dumb name for it because they did that for a while just kind of randomly putting it's the wacky cut yeah, it's the fun cut the holy shnikey tommy boy edition <laughs> yeah but for 40 year old virgin it just felt like the rough assemblage of the film it was 20 minutes longer and just everything felt like should be trimmed back down to what it was before it doesn't always work 
But no. for Outsiders, Coppola worked on it, mm-hmm. and the cinematographer worked on it. And so this is not some knockoff video store excuse. No. This is something where the powers that be worked with the filmmakers and were like, yeah, let's put this out. Yeah, and like a bit like the new Rocky Four cut, but even more so because, I mean, it's, this is like, wow, this is like a totally different experience, it seems like. Yeah, I wonder if we'll get the Rocky Four cut. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. It doesn't have the robot, but yeah, I think we'll be all right. How dare they take out the robot? <laughs> yeah, what a shame. I don't know how we don't have the figure of the robot. Did that yeah. ever come out? Like, I guess not. I don't know. So then just before we go, I will also quickly mention we have a rental in this week called Miracle on Bank Street 4. Oh, right. This fine group of folks have done a live concert at the Mayfair around the holidays three times previously, and they missed because of COVID times, and mm-hmm. so they're back. So that promises to be a big, fun, festive event. Yeah, those are really fun. I've worked a couple of those, and it's just like really, you know, good music, good vibe. People are kind of, I'm pretty sure that the curtain is open, and people kind of just wander and yeah, doing yeah. their thing. And although we're not a live venue, it's fun to have that in here, and, mm-hmm. and it looks great in the band up on our little stage in front of the screen. Yeah. And with the stained glass windows and all the filigree and everything, it's a very nice it's a nice photograph for, for a, sure. a live event. So it's a very familial type event. I feel like there's a lot of yeah. families come out and it's a lot of like the people involved are obviously very close and they've been doing this for a while, you know? So it's like yeah. it's just a very it's it's kind of an indescribable vibe. It's just like a good good feels, you know? Like I guess the best way to say it. Yeah. So if you're free on the evening of Wednesday, December twenty second, come check that out. It's fun to have a, a live musical event in here mm-hmm. over the holidays. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So we'll wrap it up for this week. I think we're back one more time before Christmas, yeah. if you're listening in a timely manner. I'll give you your Christmas present live on air, yeah. so you have to pretend that you like it. <laughs> I love this fruitcake. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, it's That's like, a bad example. I love fruitcake. That, that is bad. It's like, oh, thank you for the pepperettes. As a vegan, I'll definitely be throwing them in the trash right now. So thanks for listening, everybody. You can find a bunch of upcoming information at mayfairtheater.ca that we didn't get a chance to talk about today. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Advanced tickets are available through events.com. And we will see you next week here for another holiday season edition of the Mayfair Theater Podcast. Yay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Now I'm off to watch the Cage trailer about 58 times in a row. (laughs) It counts as a full-length movie if I watch it that many times. Frank Cross is a man of true vanity whose specialty is inhumanity. He's fired? It's Christmas. Thank you. Call the county. Stop his bonus. Then he saw three real ghosts. Now what scares him the most? I'm the ghost of Christmas prison. Is the chance that he's losing his sanity. Oh, I'm having the weirdest day. Bill Murray, Scrooge, rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday, November 23rd at Theatres Everywhere.